Welcome to the Why Not You podcast, where our goal is to inspire, teach, and elevate your personal journey. Our heart-centered guests love sharing some of their life-changing aha moments, hoping that it might be of benefit to you. Welcome to the Why Not You podcast. We have on the line with us today, Samina Chaudhry from the Maryland area. Washington, D.C., and uh, what a treat we have in store for you today. She has a very interesting story. She's a first-generation immigrant to the United States and very successful global real estate entrepreneur. Samina, thank you for joining us today, and why don't you give us a little bit of a 30,000-foot view of what it was like growing up in Bangladesh and how in the world you got here to the United States. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here with you. Thank you for the invite. Growing up, I lived in a house where we were five siblings. So we were very close-knit family growing up. And my father used to take us to different countries for travel because he was a businessman. So we used to travel with my father all the time to different countries, see their cultures, understand their cultures. That's when, you know, understanding different cultures, appreciating different cultures, that's when it really started for me at a very early age and intrigued with different, even their heritage, the different heritage that comes with the culture and appreciating. I honestly thought that when I came to America for studying, when I came here for my undergrad, I honestly thought that I would never have a culture shock. But I still did because I lived in a dorm and the students, you know, their student lifestyle was very different than mine. But, you know, again, Coming back to where, you know, we were a very close-knit family and very much into family values. When I got married, I just focused on like my husband, my family life and my studies just to get my education going and start my own family and also get my career going. Because I feel for a woman entrepreneur, it's like the family life and the career life goes parallel with each other. So you can't really, you know, say that this is not the good time. That is, a, you have to try to manage both. It is very difficult to balance it both. But if you have the will, again, the goals to do it, you can achieve it. Okay. So you came as a single woman yes. to go to school as a, okay. So, and my, you and sponsored my husband you? here. <laughs> Okay. So were you sponsored or did you have a scholarship? I was an international student. Okay. I came first. And then after marriage, my husband had to sponsor me. Okay. Gotcha. So okay, you came as a student and then you met your husband, you got married, and then what? Well, we have two kids today. My son is in IT. My daughter is a third year student. She's a psychology major. And my son is IT. He works in the IT sector. And my husband is an infectious disease doctor, actually. And so basically speaking, we're four, four different types of people living under the same kind of, because, you know, I come from the art background. I grew up, you know, doing oil painting, sketching. I love pen and ink drawings and everything. And I loved houses, you know, decorating houses, seeing how you could change the look of a room I used to love doing that. And that's why that got me into doing an interior design degree. So I went to Boston for that and then took a transfer to Maryland Institute. I got my interior design degree 
and did a freelance work on it for some time while the kids were young. And in 2003, my husband and I, we decided that we wanted to do some investments. You know, like everybody is thinking about flipping houses, we would like to do a few projects like that. And I had the background to do it. With your design and art yes. and whatnot. You know, okay. our design studio classes in college used to take us to the streets of Baltimore to all those boarded up row houses and we were asked to do like measure the whole building, the floors and everything. And we were given, I still remember, I was given a client, like, you know, like a fantasy client. She's single. She likes to read. She likes to entertain and cook and now design this house around her lifestyle. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. So I loved doing that. Not only were we taught how to, how the house, like the plumbing lines and the electrical lines work and how the foundation works, just like architects do, but all the way up to this is the sofa material and this is the cushion that goes with the sofa material, you know, all the way up to that. So this was how many years after you were married? This was like one year with my first okay. year while I was married. Yes. Okay, so you started with art and design and flipping houses fairly early after you were married then. Yeah. Now, you're a real estate agent now in the Maryland area, correct? Yes. And have you been a real estate agent all that time since starting to flip those houses early on? Yes. Okay, so you've always had a passion for real estate. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, I started people. going into the work of, okay, trying to get a few houses for investments under my belt. But then working with a few clients, I really realized I really enjoy working with people. In my DNA, I'm really a giver and I love helping people. And what better way to help my clientele is really my niche community. And what better way to help my own community understand that, hey, I was in your shoes at one time. I was also a first generation immigrant. I know what you're going through. I've been there. I have found my American dream. Let me help you find yours. That's amazing, Samina. And I know that, do you mind if I get a little bit personal here? Sure. Okay. Well, I know that you're a first generation immigrant. Yeah. And I know that you practice the Muslim faith. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Okay. And you're an immigrant. And so it's like a woman operating in Maryland with that kind of a background and predominantly a Christian faith. I mean, how difficult was that? I mean, as a young woman getting started in that area. Sure. I mean, you know, honestly, I started with who I'm most comfortable with, my own people, right? The South Asian community, whether it's India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, I speak five languages and I spoke their language and I was able to tell them that let me help you see a house from your perspective that you need to see, that I will take your culture and your heritage and I will show you how it fits into today's American homes. Okay, so you were trying to bridge a number of different gaps. Yes, yes, because I saw the need when I was looking for my first house, honestly. I felt that need. And I felt that even agents today, and you know, I'll be honest with you, I see agents today, they don't, some agents, they don't take the time to educate their buyers. If you are a buyer, I'm helping. I need to educate you first on the process and why, you know, step one should be 
Like you get your qualified done with the loan. Why yes. step one and not looking for houses first? Educating them on that process. I feel agents don't do that nowadays. And my husband and I, we both teach because of that, because we teach the agent. I teach agents. My husband teaches residents because we want to keep up with number one, the technology so that we can tell them about today's technology and, you know, also helping them understand how this process works with educating your buyers. I'm not here to make the decision for them. I'm here to educate them enough so that they can make a sound decision for themselves. Well, I mean, you're a teacher and you love people. I mean, that that's very obvious. And I think that's a very critical point in helping people and serving people. Yeah, when you're in the service industry. In, any, in anything, whether it's a resident doctor or whether it's real estate or XYZ widgets. I mean, it just you just have to love people and you have to love to serve and give. Right. And I bring in the Asian service culture, which Americans are yet to experience in most cases. And when I do give that, the white glove service that I offer, when I do give that, they are so thankful. And it is so nice to feel that, you know, they appreciate the hard work and the service that goes to keep them happy. Well, Samin, I have done a lot of business in Asia, you know, for 20 some odd years. I understand the white glove treatment and whatnot yeah. uh, that is somewhat endemic with the culture over there. The hospitality, and, basically. Yep, exactly. So explain a little bit about what that means to you and how you use that as kind of your secret sauce to build your business. So when it comes to listing a house, when I go meet a seller... I first understand the seller's needs. We talk about the pricing and everything, what to list it for. Then the next step happens is as soon as I'm out, my stager calls them. My stager goes and meets with them. And every part of the house, room by room, my stager goes and gives a whole new report on what to do in each part of the room. Now, keep in mind, it could be to a point where they might need to paint the room. I have Raihan, who is my chief concierge service person. He has access to all the contractors. I don't want me or my clients calling these contractors and saying, hey, why did you charge so much? Or when are you starting? When are you finishing? Why didn't you show up? That is his job. He needs to do all that for my clients and make sure that the work is done on time so that we are ready to list. While they are doing that, they need to declutter the house. Immediately after the staging process, I send moving boxes to my clients. They fill in those moving boxes. The boxes have my name, my logo on it. Because you know why? Because that box is going to go to their new place with them and they will remember this was the agent that helped us move. And as soon as that happens, my photographer, my professional photographer goes and then also go with my videographer. I do a property tour. I put it on my YouTube channel. I boost it to Facebook, which most realtors don't do that nowadays. But, you know, you got to put in the work. You got to put in the hard work. You got to show them in every step of the process that you're working on making sure it's a streamlined process and you're taking all the burdens off their shoulder because I'm the professional here. Right. And that is the reason 
for your fee really is yes. to be that professional and give that white glove and, service. And out. listening to their needs. You know, I did a recent TED talk and the topic was the three principles of communication. And I'll just briefly go over the three principles what I talked about. Yes, so, please do. The first was differences in culture don't have to divide us. They can unite us. We can raise our curiosity to learn from one another rather than judging one another and bridging that gap. And every culture has the good and the bad. But we should focus on the good and not so much on the bad. And I always tell my children, take the best of both culture and make it your own. Yeah, one of my mentors says, eat the meat and throw away the bones. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of the same thing as just, you know, take what's really good and don't, you know, discard the rest. Exactly what you were saying. Right. The second one is reading line by line and reading between the lines. You get better understanding. And the third one is what people say is not always what people mean. Basically, you know, they try to focus on something that they're trying to tell me, but they always hold back on some other things that are important to them. And I need to know both. I'll give you an example. I had a client moving from LA to Baltimore. And, you know, what happened was she said that she wanted to live in the city. And then she told me that she wanted a nice, quiet place to come back in weekends didn't sound like the city but I understood her needs and I showed her houses both in the city and outside the city and of course she picked outside the city right yeah I think that's a really good example of wanting the best of both worlds well you know what something's got to give right yeah and her reason was that she wanted the commute to be less it was 20 minutes with city traffic and it's 25 minutes from where she is now. So it didn't really make much difference. Well, Samina, tell us a little bit about the struggles that you've had and what you've gleaned from those experiences now looking back. I struggled with understanding the market first. I needed a good mentor. I feel in our industry, more agents need good mentors to guide them. And I'm thankful I have two life coaches who guided me and I am now with a mindset where I think that if I stop learning, I stop growing and I learn daily and I'm always out there with a curious mind that what is it? What is different now? What are the new techniques now? What can I do more to refine my services for my clients? make myself a better agent, better negotiator, or better overall service giver. You know, I try to educate myself constantly with that. My first two years, I did struggle. I did not get what I was looking for. But my first coach was Brian Buffini. He's one of the top real estate coaches in the country. And currently, I am being coached by Ryan Sirhant. He's the star of the show Million Dollar Listing New York. So happy and humbled to be a student of his. Yeah, that's great. Samina, both of us have had experience and whatnot in Asia and the white glove treatment and whatnot that you talk about, service and whatnot, which kind of leads in a little bit to the social media side of this industry that has been a little bit kind of, I believe, skewed in the last few years. Yes. And wondered what your thoughts were on social media versus the white glove treatment that comes from 
the Asian cultures? The wide love treatment that I have, social media is my only means to tell them about it, to tell the world about what I have to offer. If it was me in 2020, I never did any videos. I never had too much emphasis on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, or Instagram. But today, thanks to Ryan Sirhan for, you know, expanding my horizon to that new world of social media. I really want to thank him for it. He pushed me and I used to watch him over and over each video over how he talks, how he delivers his message to the audience. And I used to tell him, how do you do this so effortlessly, Ryan? He's like, what happens? Why is it difficult for you, Samina? And my struggle was, I said, Ryan, when I face the camera, I feel like millions of people are watching me and they're judging me. He's like, okay, I'll give you a tip. Who is that one best friend you have at work that you can talk to about houses when you're showing houses? I'm like, it's Jerry. He's like, okay, the camera is Jerry. Talk to the camera like she's Jerry. And that really resonated with me. I evolved from there. And today my videographer is like, you know, one or two takes and he's like, you got this, Samina. Oh, that was so awesome. You come up with new ideas every time. Because I want to do something different so that people don't expect that I'll start the same way, I'll end the same way. I try to do something different every time. Oh, that's awesome. So you do use social media and it is an important role in your business and in the real estate business, but it's not the only thing. I think it's, you know, I think people have got a little bit of a, well, in my opinion, I think they've got a little bit of a, let me tell you how great I am. Let me tell you all the things that I do versus actually doing it. And that just does not resonate with people. Yes. You know, what you ate for breakfast really isn't that important to selling a house. Right, right. And that's why, you know, my videos, I try to keep it like a variety. It's not just a house tour. I do videos where I'm giving house buying tips, house selling tips that people need to know and understand. The education part, which we were talking about, Glade, that, you know, these things the buyers, today's avid buyer, they do most of their homework online and how to get into their mind, how to get into their brain and say that, hey, Samina is the person whose video we need to watch to understand those tips and tricks. And so I do the short tips video on the buying process or the selling process. And also I try to approach the media where, you know, articles are written on different papers. As you know, I was in Forbes. I had an article this month. I'm in the Baltimore Sun talking about the current market and only to tell people that, hey, I do my homework and I do my research about the market so that they know that they're talking to an expert who has already done the research for them when I'm talking to them. Well, preparation is such a huge part of this industry, and it is in anything, in life in general. I did an interview with a coach that was an NBA coach, and he talked about Kevin Garnett being a avid preparer. He loved preparation. He said preparation was the separator between those that do and those that do not. Yes. So, yeah, it's so true that you're prepared and that you put in the work 
You know, a lot of people are looking for the shortcuts, but the shortcut is no shortcut. There are no shortcuts. The shortcut is the work, is the preparation, doing all those kinds of things. If you read the biographies of every top CEO or top businessman in the world, you read their biography or you see their life story, there's no shortcut. They all worked hard to get their way out. Absolutely. That's true. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And I really want to talk one more second about this whole immigrant type of a thing. Yes. We are, those of us that were born and raised here in the United States, we are absolutely, in my opinion, we're spoiled. We don't know how good we have it. And from an immigrant standpoint, what do you think about us who are a little bit more entitled or maybe not willing to work as hard as we want to? And Tell us a little bit about how that looks like and what that feels like to you as an immigrant and helping all those other immigrants who are here, given everything they have to be here, just to live the American dream. And yet we don't appreciate it. Yes. The difference between the first generation immigrants and even my children who are second generation, the difference is they don't know how to dream. That's number one. They don't know how to dream. Yeah, Interesting. They, yes, they don't know how to dream. They don't come to this country with a dream in their mind to achieve the goals that they have that they would never be able to achieve in their own motherland. You know, I come from a family where my father was actually the secretary of state for Bangladesh. So I come from a very well-known family. But, you know, no matter how hard I worked back home, I can tell you this much that I would always be overshadowed. Oh, she, yeah, she got that because she's daughter, she's daughter. But here, nobody knew who my father was. I built my own reputation, you know, and what I am today is with my own hard work and what I put in it. And I still write goals. Every year I write goals. I write my goals, I achieve them. And that is what the Americans need to do. They need to dream and dreams can only come true if they write it in a goal and put in a timeline as to what they need to do to fulfill that goal. Well, that's an amazing counsel and advice, Samina. And I usually end the podcast by asking what's your one piece of advice, but you just gave it right there. I mean, right. just exactly. goal, have a dream and then go put in the work. And you know, this generation, they need, I feel like a lot of, a big part of this generation is they feel entitled. You know, that entitlement mentality needs to go. And why depend on others to get what you want? Why can't you put in the work and be proud of the fact that I did it all with my own hard work? My father is super proud of me today for what I have achieved without any help from his end. Could he help me? Absolutely. But you know, I was too proud that I wanted to do it myself and make him proud one day. Right. Absolutely. Well, there's nothing like being self-reliant and being able to stand on your own two feet, so to speak. And anybody can do it. That's the thing. I mean, when you read the immigrant stories, it's all about having that dream, putting in the work and doing, you know, having a dream. Yeah. I love that. There's a book called The Emigrant Edge written by Brian Buffini, my first coach. And yes, he, I've read that book. 
And he wrote about seven points that first generations do, that second generations never do it, but they could if they followed those seven steps. Yep, I'll put that in the show notes. You know, where to get that book, The Immigrant Edge. And it's it's a great book. It's a great read. So Yes, it is. Well, thank you so much for spending your time to be with us today. Continued luck and success in the, well, it's not really not luck. It's hard work. I get it. Persistent hard work. (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. And anyway, I think the key takeaways that I got today was just you got to have a dream. You've got to have goals and you have to just put in the work and be prepared, do all those kinds of just basic things that are so, so difficult to do. Yeah. Do the things that make you stand out in the crowd. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate your being on the podcast with us today. And I'm sure our listeners got some real pearls of wisdom. Thank you, Glade. Pleasure to be here. We'd like to thank our guests for sharing a part of their experience with us on this episode of Why Not You. Also, we'd like to thank Mix It 6 Studios for producing, editing, mixing, and creating our great music for this podcast. But most importantly, we'd like to thank you for listening. Be sure to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode of Why Not You. See you next time.